feeling of guilt, okay? You don't have a feeling of guilt that, okay, I'm enjoying myself, but Allah is displeased with me. You're enjoying yourself and Allah is pleased with you. And so, alhamdulillah. And, and Salihin would say that if you did not taste paradise on earth, then you cannot enter paradise in Qiyamah. And surely this is what they mean, right? Is that feeling of contentment when you are at peace with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? And so, alhamdulillah, it's been a, a great... Uh, and it's different this year because, you know, the last two years they were difficult. Well, the first, last year was, we had a lot of restrictions still because of... And then the year before that, it was completely pandemic. It was, you know, Ramadan came and went and we didn't even, you know, feel anything. And so that tells you that actually Ramadan is very beneficial uh, because of uh, a, a few things that specifically take place in Ramadan. The first one is time. You know, time makes the change. Change doesn't happen overnight. And so Allah says, You need to complete the time that is prescribed. Right? And so if you want anything in life, you have to commit with time. If you don't commit with time, our problem is we want to enter paradise but without giving time. You say, brother, give us money. You say, yes, absolutely. How much do you need? <laughs> how much do you need? How much do I, if I give you this much, can you guarantee me paradise? We'll give that. 10,000, 50,000, 100,000, 200,000, doesn't matter. We'll give it. But to give time every day, it's very difficult. But Allah wants us to give time. And so, you know, all of Ramadan, we all have made arrangements somehow. You know, either we were here between Asr and Maghrib. Some people committed to coming for Iftar. Some people committed, uh, you know, for Taraweeh. Everybody, mashallah, was coming for Taraweeh, right? And then the Salawat, you had, the Masjid was always full, but different faces. You had a different congregation in Dhuhr, a different congregation in Asr. Right? It's not always the same faces. And so people, adjusted their, their responsibilities and their work and their family and what have you. Uh, and they put in a, a time for the masjid. This is important. The, the masjid is the place where you're going to learn Iman. And Ramadan would not be the same without coming to the masjid and offering Salah and Salah. We know that because two Ramadans ago we did Ramadan at home. It's not the same. And so the masjid is the environment. It is the the houses of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you are a guest of Allah. When you are a guest of Allah, like imagine you go to somebody's house, you can't leave without them giving you something, and that's a human being, right? Their, their self-respect and honor does not allow them to, that you come in and you go out, and sometimes the, even the electrician comes to do something and you feel you have to give them a cup of tea or some biscuits or something. And so imagine the most generous Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that you make an effort and you go out of your way and you go to his, to his house and you spend time in it. You don't go out empty-handed. The problem with us is we are desensitized. Because we, we have a reg, alhamdulillah, you know, the faces that I see here always are in the masjid. And so when you're always coming to the masjid, you don't feel the difference. Right? You don't see it. Example is, um, I said this to a teacher of mine. I said, I, I don't feel anything, you know. I'm always in the masjid. He says, yeah, because you're not, you know, 
You, you've become accustomed to it. So you can't, you can't sense it. Right? He said it's like, you know, if you have a room, uh, complete darkness, and you just light a match, that match or that <coughs> small candle will make a difference. Right? But if you are in a already lit room, and you kind of just add a, one more light bulb, or you just increase the light just slightly, you can't tell the difference because you're in that environment. You understand? But the reality is every time we come to the masjid, we are benefiting and gaining. And we're going away with blessings from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so time, masjid, these two are extremely important. And every Muslim should have a time when they're coming to the masjid and they spend time in the masjid. You know, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, other than salah. You know, coming for salah is good, but our usually is what salah. You know, immediately after salah, we're, <laughs> we're rushing out. Those whom Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has given some tawfiq, they'll pray a few sunnah here and there, and then immediately rush out. Right? Nothing holds us back. So what we need to try and change is willingly remain in the masjid after you fulfill the obligation. Spend some time in the masjid, some time in dhikr. Sometime in recitation Quran, sometime in you know attending a gathering, remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, some sort of halaqa, right? Or even just sitting in the masjid. Sitting and spending time in the masjid. Uh, it, it then creates an environment in the masjid, which is a third very important lesson to take from Ramadan. One is that whatever you've gained so in this blessed month is because you were committed and you gave time. The second we came to the masjid, the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the environment of ibadah, worship, angels. And the third, it is a lot easier to do things in a group. And so creating an environment is essential. If environment is not there, watch now, Ramadan is over. We all know if you fast six days of Shawwal, what happens? You get the reward of fasting the entire year. How, many of it, how difficult is it going to be? Why? Because everybody's fasting different times and some people say, <laughs> you guys fast, inshallah, you, get, you take the reward. <laughs> Why? Because it's not everyone doing, but everybody is doing something, it becomes easier for, uh, it's motivating, right? And so, you know, we, we came for Taraweeh throughout the month of Ramadan. But I'm pretty sure, like I was leading Taraweeh and I had Taraweeh where I was at 50%, as Taraweeh when I was at 30%, Taraweeh when I didn't want to be here, <laughs> I was just, oh, Alhamdulillah, Rabbil yes, <laughs> okay. You're just kind of dragging yourself, you're too tired, you want to go sleep. But the fact that everybody's here gets you through. Uh, and so, you know, creating that environment, and it's very easy. Look, all of us, we were pairing up. You know, naturally you have, either you're <laughs> sitting with people from your background or people you went to school with, or whatever it is. You know, people that have a similar interest. Uh, it doesn't matter. Same language, same culture, whatever it is. That group, trying to maintain it after the month. And this is how Sahaba were. When you entered the Masjid of Rasulullah you found small groups of Sahaba. And they're all engaging in ibadah as a small group, right? Some of them are doing dhikr, some of them reciting Quran, some of them Right? And the Rasulullah didn't say, oh, everybody has to be together. No. Different ages, different you know, experience, different interests, and people can gather. But you have to take responsibility of 
making sure that you are part of a small, small group, right? And you arrange a time of the day or a time once in a week when we are coming to the masjid, mashallah, the Afghani brothers, they have a, a lesson that they've organized themselves, right? So they, they get together, read Quran once a week, some tafsir, and so we can have, you know, different sort of halaqat of this sort in the masjid, some for young, younger people, some for older people, some for the sisters, you know, and um, commit to it. And it doesn't have to be, you know, like sort of officially organized. Do you know what I mean? We're kind of waiting for, yeah, the, is the, uh, something that is going to be officially organized by, you know, either the imams or whatever. No, we can do it our own selves. As long as, if the masjid is open, then we can do what we want in the masjid, right? We come and attend and we get together and, you know, worship. And even if it's not worship, even just sitting together and making your, you know, socializing in the masjid, as long as we're maintaining the etiquettes and the adab, that is going to be what Rasulullah um, encourages us to stay united, right? <coughs> in order to prevent shaitan, you know, seeking us out one by one and just, you know, destroying us, uh, inshallah, azawajal. And so, alhamdulillah, you know, it was a great blessing. I, I feel that it, this Ramadan was completely different because of the last two years, the experience of the last two years. Yes, Ashraf Bhai. Ashraf I'm a good man. I pray five times. Alhamdulillah. I do the cast, I do everything. Yes. Yes? And I want to go in the Jannah. But when I do a little bit of business, if I like a little bit, here, still go in the Jannah or not? This is good. Uh, and actually, I don't like. Yeah. Just no. <laughs> Rasulullah said. <laughs> so the question, those who are listening at home, the question is, <laughs> a brother said, "Alhamdulillah, I'm a good man. You know, I try to do my best. I pray salah and I do pay zakah and I fast and everything that needs to be done. I do, but I do. I'm a businessman, and sometimes, <laughs> I, if I was to lie a little bit in my business, would I enter paradise?" <laughs> I can't make a judgment on that, but you know, the Allah Azza wa will decide. But Rasulullah says that the truthful businessman will be with the Anbiya and the martyrs on the day of Qiyamah, with Shaheed. And so it tells you that it's not very, e very easy to, to be completely truthful, because if it was, then you know the reward wouldn't. But inshallah, we hope that Allah will accept. Stop, yeah, stop all lying, yeah. That's it, yeah, inshallah. Many. Absolutely. So, alhamdulillah. So, yeah, we said these three things are important. Um, trying to commit time. Because, you know, the reality is anything in life that you want to achieve, you have to give it time. You know, whatever it is, studies, business, health, um, you know, there, there is nothing that comes without dedicating time. And so if we want paradise, then we need to give time. Actually, giving time is much more important than... Uh, and, and, and all our worship is connected to time. Salah, time. Month of Ramadan, 
time of the year. Zakat, that is connected to time because, you know, after the passing of an entire uh, lunar year, you have to pay zakat. And also, when you give zakat, well, why does Allah say that you will not enter paradise until you spend from that which is most beloved to you? Allah doesn't say, if you want to enter paradise, spend. No, He says, spend what is beloved to you. Why? Because you gave so much time in order to achieve that and to gain it. Right? And so when you give sadaqah and you give wealth, it represents what? That time. That's why Allah is, is encouraging people to, to Sahabi said, Ya Rasulullah, if a person doesn't have money, how do they give sadaqah? He said, let them go and work and earn money and they will spend some of it on their needs and give sadaqah. He said, Ya Rasulullah, what if a person cannot do that? He said, well, then in, in that case, if he doesn't have, then he can still give sadaqah with what? His time and effort. Physically help people and that will be considered sadaqah. And so, um, realizing that actually, you know, we're not going to buy our way into Jannah. Right? That little 10 pound you give a week or 20 pound a week is not going to. Uh, absolutely, it's, it's, it's rewarding. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to see you present. Imagine the difference between, um, you know, you sending somebody uh, iftar, you send them iftar at home. And one is that you invite the person, you are sitting t down together and you have, it's not the same. Anybody can call Deliveroo and say, oh, hello, send two pizzas to Imam's house. I'm not asking for it, by the way. My iftar today is done. I've already been invited. <laughs> Do you understand? It's, that's easy and it's effortless. And okay, if I receive that, I say, Alhamdulillah, this person thought of me. But the person who comes and, you know, spends time with you and you appreciate that more. You know, just the sadaqah and spending, yes, is going to be a means of reward. But uh, your presence in the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and serving the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, you know, it's beloved to Allah azza wa So time we said, I'm trying to have a relationship with the masjid and trying to stay in a sort of uh, group that you create yourself, okay? It doesn't have to be um, as long as it is for the sake of Allah. And these people, look, Rasulullah said that the people who will be under the throne of Allah on the day of Qiyamah, one is people from different backgrounds who gathered purely for the sake of Allah They got, got together for the sake of Allah and they separated for the sake of Allah. What does it mean separated for the sake of Allah? They have other responsibilities that they have to fulfill. And so this gains them what a position under the, the Arsh of Allah In another hadith, Rasulullah said that there will be people on the day of Qiyamah on pulpits and their faces will be uh, uh, enlightened with nur. They will be envied by anbiya and shuhada. Anbiya and shuhada will see and you know, when you have a, you have a nice car, for example, or you have a nice house, but somebody else has, and you're looking, you say, oh, what's that one? <laughs> what's that one? Likewise, obviously, anbiya have the higher level, shuhada have a higher level, but they will be intrigued by what, what is it that these people did in order to gain this reward on the day of Qiyamah and this honor? You know, you're sat on pulpits on a day when people are 
naked, hungry, thirsty, fearful, you're, you're enjoying right, and sitting comfortably, waiting for hisab to, to be over in order to enter paradise. And so uh, Sahabi said, Ya Rasulullah, describe these people to us. He said, the people who gathered for the sake, for the remembrance of Allah, different parts of the world, different interests, different ages, diff oh, but they have gathered for the sake of Allah So these are three very important uh, um, matters to, inshallah, Azawajal, uh, trying to continue after the month of Ramadan. And this is as, as, um, as much as it's, it's sort of not, not compulsory, but if you want to progress and you want to maintain some of what you have gained in Ramadan, this, this is essential. You're not going to be able to give as much time outside of Ramadan as you did in Ramadan, but you know, you make the arrangement, whatever it is, you know, one percent of your day. And and working in percentage, I always advise to work in percent because that's that's how we do, right? Our investments are in percentage, you know, everything we do. And so have a look at your, your day. What is your day? Twenty-four hours, you know, what's one percent, what's three percent, what's five percent, what's ten percent? And maintain that I'm going to give 15 minutes a day to the masjid. I'm going to come and pray my salah and then I'm going to remain for 15 minutes. And then start to build on that. Right? 15 becomes 20, 20 becomes 30, 30 becomes an hour. And Allah, the more you do, the more Allah is going to increase because your iman is getting. When a person goes to the gym for the first time and you tell him, brother, you need to be here for two hours. He says, what am I going to do for two hours in the gym? Right? But give them six months and two hours is over, they're trying to kick him out. He says, no, no, I still have one more set to go. <laughs> yeah? And then they find so many things to do. They realize, actually, the gym, what, what we think, masjid is come and pray salah and go out. But then you realize that actually there's so much more you can do right, in the gym. You socialize with people and there's, you know, some gyms have nice cafes and what have you. And then you can get massage and you can get some haircut and all, all of these things. And it's a whole what... It's, it's, it's a mini village, right? And different things taking place. So likewise in the masjid, you know, it's not just pray salah and, and go out. That is the minimum. If you do that, alhamdulillah, that is good and well. But there's so much more to gain. And then on a uh, uh, personal uh, level, I think we uh, realize the importance of um, fasting is very important. Right? It controls the nafs. And so we need to maintain some fasting outside of Ramadan. And it needs to go right now because obviously the summer months are going to come and it's extremely difficult. And so if you maintain it now, as the days will grow, it will be easier. But if you give it up for a month or two, then it's too late, then it's difficult to, right? And so whatever we can, obviously the sunnah is Mondays and Thursdays and then the three days of every month. If we can do that, alhamdulillah. If we cannot, then uh, trying to fast when we can. If you cannot even do that, skip one meal every now and then for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yeah. I will skip one meal in order to do what? That, that heavy dinner, I'm not going to have a heavy dinner. Instead of that, I'll wake up a little bit earlier for tahajjud. Uh, we know that you know, food takes a huge amount of our, of our time, effort, spending, and then when you consume it, and you consume too much of it, you're too lazy, 
don't want to do anything, you just want to lie around. Right? So reducing our intake of food is extremely important. And this is why Rasulullah said that a few morsels of food are enough for a human being, a believer that is seeking Akhirah. And if you don't, then one third for your food, one third for water, one third for, for air. Yeah. Right? And that's not one third of your upper body. <laughs> it's one third of your stomach. Yeah. The problem is, and, 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 and our nafs and desires are what? You, you feel it, right? All day in Ramadan, you come reading Quran, making dhikr. The moment you have iftar, your kind of eyes open up. And then if you're somebody that has coffee and tea, then <laughs> mashallah, you're on. Uh, the nafs is ready. Why? Because physically it's, it's got all the nutrients and all the energy. And now it just wants to. And so what we want to do is reduce that. And the best way to reduce it is actually by fasting regularly. Right? Make sure that we fast regularly. If we can't, then just at, at the very least, just reduce our the amount of food that we consume. Uh, we said, you know, th this is the way of nobody reaches piety and closeness to Allah with a full belly. This is impossible. You don't get there. I'm not saying you won't enter paradise. Right? You will enter paradise ta'ala. But if you want to get close to Allah it's not possible because you have to give up some of the things that you desire for the sake of Allah. Yeah. And so the ulama say that anybody who only thinks of his, of fulfilling uh, uh, his desire, what are our desires? Food and drink, carnal and sexual desire, and then sleep. <laughs> Those are the physical desires, right? And so anybody that's only, you know, focused on these, they can never get close to Allah. You have to give up some of each one. This is why Allah says about the Salihin, They slept a little bit. Less than others. Right? They slept less than others. Allah says. Their sides move away from. And Allah mentions it in Quran. It's not a light. Who do you give? You don't give up sleep for something that's <laughs> only something that is important. Right? And when a person sees that their relationship with Allah is important, then they give up sleep and spend that time in, in worship. And it's motivating and it's, it's special and beloved to Allah because everybody else is asleep. Everybody else is enjoying comfort. Rasulullah says that when a person stands up, leaves their bed, and make wudu and stand in Allah praises that, that person in the company of angels. He says, look at my servant. He has given up comfort and he has given up uh, 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 the company of his love in, uh, in order to, to stand before me in worship. And so, and, and ulama say, this is guaranteed. The person who stands in worship at night, two things. They say, if you want to be saved from hunger and thirst on the day of Qiyamah, then fast in this world. Those who fast in this world will be saved from Voluntary extra fast. If you want to be saved from standing for a long time on the day of Qiyamah, then stand in this world, in Tahajjud. Stand before Allah, Allah will save you from standing on that day. Right? 
Rasulullah says, you know, uh, the, the Anbiya, it was an obligation on them. I don't know if you've heard this before. For the Nabi, it is an obligation to stand in worship at night. You can't, you can't be Nabi without that. Why? Because your job is to do what? To guide and to bring people on the path. Guidance is with Allah. You're trying to connect people to Allah, but you're not yourself connected with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's not possible. Right. And so, um, giving up a little bit of our food and giving up a bit of our sleep. And then maintaining a relationship with the Qur'an. Dhikr and Qur'an. Dhikr, Qur'an, Dua. Dhikr, Qur'an, Dua. Whatever we have gained in Ramadan is because of these three. Look, you didn't do something in Ramadan that you don't do outside of Ramadan. That is not available outside of Ramadan. Dhikr, right. Quran and Dua. Quran is the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Huh? Iftar? I, I don't think so. No, there's no, there's no Iftar. We announced it yesterday actually. <laughs> I want to confirm just to uh, see. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But I think some brothers are going to get together and have something. Anyway, um, so Quran is the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so, uh, you know, by, by reading the Quran, it is uh, guidance through and through. Whether you understand it, you don't. You are benefiting from sitting with the Quran and reciting its words. Right? But then, you know, making an effort to understand and to implement it in your life and then to pass the message on, this is, this will ensure that you remain upon, a person remains on guidance, you know. On the day of Qiyamah, Rasulullah Allah says, the messenger will complain and he will say what? وَقَالَ الرَّسُولُ يَا قَوْمِ يَا رَبِّ إِنَّ قَوْمِ اتَّخَذُوا هَذَا الْقُرْآنَ مَهْجُورًا One of the complaints of Rasulullah on the day of Qiyamah is that these people, my, my nation, detach themselves from the Qur'an. This is, and so having a certain time of the day when we are reading Qur'an, we make dhikr of Allah. Dhikr of Allah is very easy, but it's essential. Anytime, anywhere, anyhow, remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when it comes to your mind. La ilaha illallah, astaghfirullah, sending salutation upon Rasulullah The more you do that, the more you are connected with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the less you will sin, the more good deeds you, you are. And then dua, without dua we cannot, the believer is in need of dua because this is how we gain from the treasures of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so we need to be, you know, uh, this month of Ramadan, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala teaches us that you are capable of achieving great things. And we have, the last thing to say is shayateen are going to be released. And so know the effect of shaitan in your life. And know that he is your enemy. And recognize when shaitan is actually speaking to you. The problem that we have, you know, we, we only th we think that we, we want certain things, but it's not. This is shaitan, you know, inviting us. يَدْعُوا حِزْبَهُ Allah says. Shaitan is inviting, Allah is inviting. Allah invites to paradise, Shaitan invites to hellfire. Right. And so realizing when Shaitan is whispering, 
How do you know this is the whisper of shaitan or of nafs? Anything that is against the command of Allah is from shaitan and nafs. Nafs will only dictate to you what shaitan says to. Shaitan whispers to the nafs and then the nafs says, I want this. Right? And so you need to recognize, instead of uh, what we generally do, we say, oh, I want this. Why are you doing this? This is haram. I want to. Okay, we don't say it to other people. But that's what we say to ourselves, right? This is what I want. But actually, you, don't, you didn't want it. Shaitan has invited you and you've accepted the invitation. Because your essential needs are those that you are born with. That's it. Eating, drinking, sleeping. This is, this is your essential need. And Sharia has made arrangements for all of that. You can sleep, you can eat, you can marry, you can, oh, you can earn all of these. So anything more that you want, that Sharia says is not permissible, this is not your need. And it's actually not your want. Shaitan has been, has influenced you. The way he did what? With Adam alayhi salam. We mentioned this in our Quran. Allah Azza wa says, Ya Bani Adam, la shaytanu kama abawaykum min al Look, Shaitan was in paradise. Allah said to him, you don't have to go without food. You don't have to go without clothing. There is no, uh, uh, no thirst. And the, 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 the weather is, is uh, you know, um, favorable. Yeah? No, no harsh weather. No extreme heat. No extreme cold. He's living in paradise. Enjoying everything that he needs. And shaitan came and said, and so he created a need in him <laughs> that actually wasn't there. A desire. He said, well, if you eat from this tree, you will become an angel or you will become eternal. Okay. Adam hasn't been told that he can be eternal. <laughs> and so he, now he, he's trying to achieve it. Allah says, don't let shaitan fool you like he fooled your parents. Adam has an excuse. He never experienced a lie. He never experienced evil. Right? And so, بغرور, He deceived them. Allah Azza just says, don't let yourself be deceived. And so, you know, know that if you want something that is against the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that Allah doesn't want it, then know it's coming from shaitan. Even if you end up doing it, at the very least, do it knowing that it's coming from shaitan. This is very important. Because we're living in a, in a time and age where people are losing the iman because of this claim. I want. It's my life. I do what I like. It's my money. It's my body. I decide. That's not true. It's not your life. It's Allah's. It's not your body. It's Allah's. It's not your wealth, you're entrusted with it. It's not your family, you're entrusted with it. And so at the very least, if you do something wrong and say, actually this is from shaitan. Right? Like Musa salam, when he hit the, the person, he hit the person, killed him, he said what? He recognized it straight away. He said, this is from shaitan, this. This can't be from Allah and so recognizing that anything which is beneficial for you, Allah has already made arrangement for it in Sharia. 
Anything that is harmful for you, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made it forbidden. And so if you are going to reach out into the forbidden, be sure to do it with the right frame of mind. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> encouraging people to sin, but I'm saying if you are going to sin, then recognize that actually I want to be away from this sin. And this is shaitan inviting me. And if I remain on this sin, if I die on this sin, then I will enter hellfire. Only then will you get the what? The tawfiq to repent. And if you have the attitude, this is my life, I do what I like, nobody tells me what to do. When are you going to repent? You're never going to repent. And if you don't repent, then and Allah decides to take you to task on the day of Qiyam and then. And so in this world, Allah is saying to us that do not let shaitan deceive you. And uh, in Surah Yasin, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, on, on the day of Qiyamah, what is Allah going to say? أَلَمْ أَحَدْ إِلَيْكُمْ يَا بَنِي آدَمَ أَلَّا تَعْبُدُ الشَّيْطَانِ إِنَّهُ لَكُمْ عَدُوٌ مُبِينٌ وَأَنْ يَعْبُدُونِ هَذَا صَرَاطٌ مُسْتَقِيمٌ Did I not warn you that he's an enemy? Worship me, follow my path. Do what I tell you to do. Don't listen to him. Don't follow him. Don't do, don't do as... So somebody is going to say, well, how do I know it's shaitan saying? Well, anything that goes against what Allah says is from shaitan. And it comes in different forms. But all of it is batil and all of it is from shaitan. Whether it is society, whether it is entertainment, whether it... It doesn't matter how you got the idea. Right? It doesn't matter how you got the idea. The idea has come from shaitan. Recognize it. Because he is our, our enemy. And look, when the major shayateen are locked away, alhamdulillah, we're able to live in peace and in worship and enjoying the worship. But this is all going to end tonight. And then we're all back getting pulled left, right and center. So recognizing that. You know, they say that a person can only get close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and be a true believer if they know who Allah is, they know themselves, and then they know their enemy. And that's what Quran is doing. Quran, Allah is telling you, this is who I am. And then he tells us, this is who shaitan is. Careful from him. And he tells us who you are. Right? He says, I created you from, from clay. Right? You are nothing. Whatever you have, I have given to you. I have blessed you. And then the realization of Akhirah is obviously important um, because this is what we are preparing for. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to allow us to maintain some of the th these uh, sort of uh, barakat and blessings and iman that we have gained in Ramadan and good habits and uh, acts of worship uh, and inshallah to continue our journey and struggle like when Rasulullah passed away, Abu Bakr stood up and he said, Man kan ya'budu Muhammadan fa inna Muhammadan qadmat. Likewise, the one, who used, the one who worshipped Muhammad, Muhammad is dead. <laughs> He's gone. Likewise, you know, the one who worships Ramadan, Ramadan is finishing in half an hour. If you worship only Ramadan, you will gain some reward. But, and so continuing after Ramadan is very important. Okay. We'll make a final dua, inshallah, and then we'll leave time for individual worship. Allahumma salli ala Muhammadin fil awaleen, wa salli ala Muhammadin fil akhirin, wa salli ala Muhammadin fil mala'il a'la ila yawmiddin. Allahumma salli ala Muhammadin kullama dhakarahu al-dhakirun, 
وصل على محمد كلما غفل عن ذكره الغافلون اللهم لك الحمد كما ينبغي لجلال وجهك ولعظيم سلطانك لك الحمد حتى ترضى ولك الحمد إذا رضيت ولك الحمد بعد الرضا اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله وإليك يرجع الأمر كله على نيته وسره فأهل أنت أن تعبد وأهل أنت أن تحمد لا إله إلا أنت سبحانك إنا كنا من الظالمين ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين اللهم إنك عفو كريم تحب العفو فاعف عنا اللهم إنا نسألك توبة نصوحا اللهم إنا نسألك توبة نصوحا اللهم إنا نسألك توبة نصوحا اللهم وفقنا لما تحب وترضى واجعل آخرتنا خيرا من الأولى ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار وقنا عذاب القبر وقنا عذاب الحشر وقنا عذاب الميزان وأدخلنا الجنة مع الأبرار برحمتك يا عزيز يا غفار اللهم إنا نسألك الهدى والتقى والعفاف والغنى اللهم اهدنا لأحسن الأخلاق لا يهدي لأحسنها إلا أنت واصرف عنا سيئها لا يصرف عنا سيئها إلا أنت اللهم إنا نسألك فعل الخيرات وترك المنكرات وحب المساكين وأن تغفر لنا وترحمنا وإذا أردت بعبادك فتنة فاقبضنا إليك غير مفتونين اللهم يا مقلب القلوب ثبت قلوبنا على دينك يا مصرف القلوب صرف قلوبنا على طاعتك اللهم إن نواصينا وجوارحنا بيدك لم تبلكنا منها شيئا فإذا فعلت ذلك بنا فكن أنت ولينا واهدنا إلى سواء السبيل اللهم اقسم لنا من خشيتك ما تحول به بيننا وبين معصيتك ومن طاعتك ما تبلغنا به جنتك ومن اليقين ما تهون به علينا مصائب الدنيا ومتعنا اللهم بأسماعنا وأبصارنا وقواتنا أبدا ما أبقيتنا واجعله الوارث منا واجعل ثأرنا على من ظلمنا وانصرنا على من عادانا ولا تجعل مصيبتنا في ديننا ولا تجعل الدنيا أكبر همنا ولا مبلغ علمنا ولا إلى النار مصيرنا ولا تسلط علينا بذنوبنا من لا يخافك فينا ولا يرحمنا يا رب we ask you to forgive our sins or in this last moments of this blessed month we ask you to forgive our minor sins our major sins sins we have committed openly sins we have committed secretly sins we have committed intentionally and those that we have committed unknowingly ya Allah allow us to uh, refrain from sinning in the future grant us a, a sincere tawbah and a sincere repentance so that we live our life in complete obedience to your commandments and in accordance to the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. We ask you for all goodness and blessings uh, of this world and we ask you for all goodness and blessings of the hereafter. Grant us a strong uh, iman and certainty in the promises, in your promises and the promises of your messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Strengthen our Iman, strengthen our conviction in Akhirah and in Paradise and Hellfire and life after death. Strengthen our uh, obedience to your commandments and the following of your Messenger وسلم, enable us to live our lives in accordance to the tradition of our beloved Prophet Muhammad وسلم, make us steadfast in our Salah, enlighten our lives with the knowledge uh, of Deen, uh, grant us your remembrance allow us to fulfill the rights of others and to ask our uh, rights from yourself uh, allow us to uh, rectify our characters and become uh, better uh, 
uh, human being and to follow the akhlaq of Rasulullah and the characteristics of Rasulullah uh, embellish us with uh, his character, uh, give us sense, sincerity in all of our worship, allow us to worship in accordance to the sunnah of Rasulullah and to do all of our worship sim uh, seeking your countenance and your uh, reward and your pleasure. We ask you to guide uh, our wives, our children and our descendants, inshallah, Ya Allah, we ask guidance for all the Muslims in the world and likewise for all the non-Muslims in the world. Ya Allah, wh whomever you have written guidance for, uh, bring guidance to them. Uh, and those who uh, are rejecting, Ya Allah, uh, open up their eyes and allow, the, allow them to see uh, the truth and to see guidance for what it is. Birahmatika Ya Arhamar Rahimin. Uh, we ask you to have mercy uh, upon the deceased of this Ummah, uh, whether those are our family members or other believers, uh, those who are uh, sick in our Ummah, Ya, ya Arhamar Rahimin, grant them shifa and full recovery, swift recovery. Those who are uh, going through financial difficulties, Ya Allah, remove their difficulties, any type of difficulty, our brothers and sisters who are suffering in different parts of the world due to wars and famines and uh, other circumstances, we ask you, Ya Allah, to bring relief to them and to change their situation for a uh, better state and better situation. Birahmatika, Ya Arhamar Rahimin. Subhana Rabbika Rabbil Izzati Amma Yasifoon Wa Salamun Ala Al-Mursaleen Wa Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Wa Sallillahum Ala Muhammadin Wa Ala Alihi Wa Sahbihi Ajma'een Ameen Ameen